Did you have much of a religious upbringing at all? Yeah, so the family that adopted me was Catholic and I attended Catholic schools. Um, and by the age of 14, however, I uh, walked away from, uh, from that faith after um, a lot of trauma and a lot of abuse. Uh, and I would, um, as I put down the faith, I picked up drugs uh, from, from 14 onwards. And tell us a bit about how that affected your life as a as a young fourteen year old. What what uh, what happened then? So from the age of fourteen to thirty eight, my my life was pretty much uh, controlled by uh, a, a severe heroin addiction. Um, I would make every effort to get myself together, and I, I'd move away and um, do some um, various various careers um, and unfortunately um, it would it doesn't matter how far you run unfortunately I'd, I'd wake up with the same guy I was trying to run away from and that was myself so um, there was a tremendous amount of pain uh, in my life and, and that needed uh, anaesthetizing and, and heroin by nature is, uh, is a painkiller and um, um, while I was avoiding a tremendous amount of pain, it was also um, increasing it beyond measure. Well, that is a long time from the age of 14 to 38. Uh, what kind of uh, work have you done over the years? I've worked on properties. Um, um, as, as, as a jackaroo, I uh, worked underground in the mines, which I, uh, which I loved, um, and I ended up down in, in Sydney, um, spraying concrete and uh, while I was down there I um, met my biological uh, family and um, that was good and that was um, 
really troubling. Um, and I guess whilst uh, in, in the midst of all that, down in Sydney and dealing dealing with my past um, and, and, and the knowledge of what had sort of transpired um, prior to my birth and, and the circumstances that surrounded it, um, that that was a, a really big hit to me, um, and I started to question the, the validity of, of of my existence. Really, on top of that, um, I'd always used uh, used hard work as a way to um, uh, deal with a lot of my pain. Um, I lived in a kung fu school at one stage for five and a half years. I was just a really really angry young man. And um, um, unfortunately, because of a lot of the abuse and, um, and, and the power being taken away from me, I, um, I grew up thinking that um, you know, I'm, I'm never going to be subjected to that again. And, um, and I was easily influenced and I was constantly looking for a, for a father figure. And unfortunately, I was looking in all the wrong places and um, was easily influenced by uh, persons who didn't have my best interests um, at heart. So life um, was full of drugs. And it, was, it was very much all or nothing and, and there was a tremendous amount of violence uh, but underlying all of that was a tremendous pain, a tremendous emptiness, a, a really profound... Um, lack of a sense of uh, of self direction and purpose. And did you go to rehab at any time over these years? So I had made numerous um, trips uh, to, to detox, um, and it, I, I I would spend my time in detox, and I would do horrendous detox, and then. I'd, I'd I'd be getting a paycheck and and I'd check out of detox and I wouldn't even make it three minutes home um, from from the hospital to um, to to where I was living um, not once without um, without picking up drugs on, on the way home I, I just thought that that was I didn't know a different life I, um, I, I just thought it was inevitable that I was going to use drugs, and there was there was no point in actually um, um, doing the internal battle um, because I knew that it, eventually I'd just start using again. Um, so eventually, I found myself homeless, without funds. Um, I'd had a massive work. Um, injury where I broke my neck and a lot of surgery and I was unable to um, engage in any work and the stuff, the, the family stuff in Sydney really hit me hard so my whole identity if there was an identity uh, was stripped away from me um, and, I, and I, I, I had a two and a half thousand dollar um, heroin and ice um, habit um, and when when the money from the payout ran out, I um, was left with a massive habit and no way to fund it other than uh, that I was trafficking heroin. Uh, the police caught up with me um, and I found myself homeless, facing a massive prison sentence uh, for heroin trafficking. 
um, and I didn't really know any way, other way out than to go and, um, and and try and end my life, which I had had done multiple times in the past. And every morning was um, really, really a, a battle um, in my mind, and every every shot was to be my last, um, trying to end my life, and. Um, by the afternoon, realising that I'd failed at even that, it just um, furthered my sense of hopelessness. So, I found myself in a Salvation Army reha- uh, in a Salvation Army detox uh, at at Moonia at Red Hill, um, and it was to be um, a life changing uh, event. Um, Whilst I was sitting sitting in there and um, having a, it, it was the most shocking um, detox I've ever done. There was a, a lot of prescription drugs that, I, that I'd been on. There was methadone and, and all the illicit substances. And, uh, I was I, I was sitting there and I constantly I was I had um, disconnected from God significantly and, and, and was quite resentful towards the faith of, of, of my childhood um, and and on the wall funnily enough was um, was the 12 steps and and I was um, I was sitting there looking at and reading through them and, and there was this God all the way through it and I, and I was like ah oh, this is never going to work um, but there was something there and, and it says um, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves uh, could restore us to sanity. Um, and I and I thought, look, if I'm ever going to do this, then I'm going to have to um, come up with some sort of power um, that is greater than myself. And I, and I, a really wonderful lady had um, had shown concern and love um, for me in those. Um, in those final um, few months before I went into into detox, and and I, and I realised that that thing that could make that power that was greater than myself, um, or that could make me capable of doing things that I was otherwise incapable of doing, was actually uh, love. And there was um, and, and just at that moment, this. this little passage from from the wall of some church in my deep distant past childhood um, popped into my head and that was uh, that God is love and and from from that moment on uh, life began to change I I, it certainly took was a long journey I I, I could do I could do love (laughs) And then, and then I could embrace God, and then thanks to um, a journey uh, that I've done with um, some really wonderful mentors, um, I, I began to embrace a, a, a faith in, in Jesus. Well, it's a great testimony of you know after all those years, uh, finally surrendering your life to God. Uh, finally surrendering your life to God. And then you, you're now involved with God's Sports Arena. 
Um, I had the privilege of preaching there a while back, and I love the fact that it started with a whistle. Uh, everyone was called to attention, like like the start of a sporting match. And then, you know, people came from the Munya Rehab and people from the streets and had a couple of secular songs and a whole bunch of testimonies and then a, a short message. Um, what a great concept for church. Uh, how did you get involved in GSA, God Sports Arena? So... <laughs> So I guess um, I, whilst I was engaging the, the, the sort of faith journey, that the last thing I was I was going to do was actually go to um, go to church. That was sort of the the final the final barrier. Um, and there was a gentleman, uh, Bill Hunter, who would come to the, the Moonia rehab and. Um, Look, he didn't seem to mind that I didn't go to church, and he didn't. Um, he, he never sort of. Um, pushed anything on me he would just he showed an interest in me and look I used to drive people to to, to GSA on the weekend uh, when it used to be in a little chapel behind uh, Suncourt Stadium and um, and I'd drop them off there I thought people were entitled to engage in their faith and I'd walk down to McDonald's and get a coffee and um, and, and, and wait till I were finished and then the relationship with Bill uh, grew and um and I finally walked into um, in, into the church, um, and there's an encouragement section that we ha- that we have uh, in, in at GSA, and it's uh, people stand up and um, and they encourage someone uh, in, the, in the crowd, and um, and on that first occasion there were um, there were three people who, who stood up and and said really encouraging things to me and 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 about me, and it was. It was just life-changing because I'd never actually had someone speaking that into me, um, and and it and and I began to realise that I that I wasn't the person that people had told me that I was, and and that I could um, and that I needed to tell myself a different story, and and the relationship with Bill grew, and he became that father figure that I had never really known and the father figure that I had so desperately searched for. Um, and, and he has stood by me the whole way. I would end up going to prison for... Um, uh, after a year in rehab, I went to prison for uh, heroin trafficking and he would continue to support me um, through that entire sentence. Um, and I continued in ministry um, in, in prison. Um, I started a. Um, uh, I used to sit in the laundry and, and, and read proverbs every morning, and that's where um, everyone used to go to fight because there was no 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 cameras in the um, in in the laundry. And um, more and more guys would come in and just sit on the floor in the in in the laundry and ask, um, "I read his proverbs. Read his proverbs." So I'd read them proverbs for the day and. And so there was this growing little ministry in in this laundry where everyone <laughs> used to go to fight, and um, and so guys would be um, coming in there to fight, and there'd be guys at the door going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Don't go in there. That's the Bible room. He'll kick you out." And uh, <laughs> so I just bought a piece over over this unit, and um, and and this ministry started. And when I um, exited prison, I, um, I, I I went on with it, and Bill very much supported me in in that, and. 
um, and I had a deep love um, for what um, he had set up um, with, with God Sports Arena. Uh, it, it was in a, I believe he, he set out to create a church um, for unchurched people um, uh, where they would feel comfortable um, to come. Um, and, we, and we have a very good mantra there, which is um, uh, to love, encourage, and, and, and don't judge. And um, over time, as, as um, I, I, I proved myself um, that I was going to stay clean and I was committed and, um, and people were starting to notice what I was doing, that um, that role became avo- um, available and I was employed full-time um, through God Sports Arena. Um, and it's been an absolute blessing uh, to me to be able to engage my passion um, in purpose through God's arena and, and, and the Salvation Army, which is just um, an organisation that I have a deep, deep love for. Well, it's a great testimony of a life turned around. And uh, if people want to find out more about God's Sports Arena, they can search it up on Facebook, uh, check out the uh, photos and the videos and uh, every Sunday night in the, in the city in Brisbane. And there's many other great salvos uh, services like this all around Australia, of course, but uh, that's a great one in Brizzy. Uh, Paul, it's been great to hear your testimony today. I reckon you're a history maker. Thanks for joining us. Thanks so much, Matt. Bless you, mate. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.